Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful September 19th morning here in the city. Episode 84 is about to kick off with a action-packed brief recap of week two in the NFL headlined by quite a lot of fun games uh, that we'll cover. Um, it, what a day. What a Sunday of football, Aaron. How, how, how did your Sunday go? Are you good? Um, oh. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> my Sunday was, it was all right, man. I had to work. I'll be honest. I don't work Sundays. People know this about me. But I decided to work this Sunday, and I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy. I, I didn't miss football. Like, I was still watching, obviously, my line of work. I have to watch football regardless. Um, but I didn't get to fully, you know, just embrace it and, and appreciate what yesterday's uh, games had to offer. So a little disappointed about that. But uh, it was still another day, great day of football, great games, uh, super exciting, um, lots to talk about. Um, I can't be called the Muke side today. I didn't pick any of these games right yesterday. I think I missed every game except for like three. Every game. Oh, man. Oh, my. It was bad. Like the whole every morning game I missed. Like they were going good. And then, you know, all the comebacks and it, it was just wild. So I, I did not uh, pick games yesterday very well. But this is what happens early in the season. You're still trying to field teams out, figure out who's really good and who's not. Um, we're starting to see some of these teams we thought may have been really good aren't very good. And we're starting to see some of these teams that we didn't think were going to be very good. They're starting to uh you know maybe you're gonna be surprising some people uh later this year so but nonetheless it was a it was a great day of football actually i'm excited to talk about it we have a lot to talk about yeah we do today we're on this show we're going to be breaking down what we learned and our takeaways uh from all of the week to action uh i want to remind everybody that our full game recaps of each game will be available to you on our youtube page at the sac city pod uh on youtube so be sure to Follow your team, follow other teams, and uh, check out our recap videos. They are good stuff. Um, But let's get right down into it, and let's get into our morning headlines. 
Week two in the NFL is slowly coming to a close tonight. We will have two Monday night football games uh, featuring the Eagles and the Vikings and featuring the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. But yesterday, we cannot start our headlines off without talking about all of the comeback victories we saw take place yesterday in the NFL uh, from the Miami Dolphins coming back to defeat the Baltimore Ravens after trailing by 21 points uh, to the Arizona Cardinals beating the Las Vegas Raiders uh, being down by 20 points. And of course, the New York Jets defeating the Cleveland Browns after being down 30 to 17 with just two minutes left to go in the game. Uh, it was comeback city in the NFL yesterday. Uh, Aaron, before I go to the next headline, what was your favorite comeback from yesterday? Oh, it had to be that Baltimore Miami. I mean, I, I think that was the, the, the game with the most implications, the game that we were kind of, we talked about before we were watching the most uh, that had to be my favorite one to watch just because of how much scoring and all the electric plays that were happening in that game. Uh, I thought that game was really, really uh, lived up to the bill. So that, that was good. Um, I mean, the, the Cardinals Raiders game was nice too, after the, the Vegas fans were popping bottles of champagne in the third quarter. Uh, and then uh, the Cardinals came all the way back uh, and we will talk about the Cardinals and I have some, I want to say about them and, their quarterback and their coach and all that stuff um, a little bit later. But yeah, I would say it's Baltimore and, and Miami can't leave out the Jets. The Jets great, you know, great win for the Jets, but it's the Browns without a real quarterback. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, but I, I think Baltimore and the, and the Dolphins were, were, were my favorite. Yeah. That's the game I'm looking forward to most to recap later on. So, uh, I'm excited to get into that. But other news, uh, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore both ejected from Sunday's game uh, between the Bucks and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it was a, we've seen Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore get into it before. This one seemed like the worst of the worst between those two when Marshawn Lattimore seemed to be in a, a chirping the Bucks bench uh, and then gets into it a little bit with Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette steps in and takes a shot from Marshawn Lattimore. And that's what set Mike Evans off. He comes out of nowhere and just absolutely massacres, just dummies. Marshawn Lattimore pushes him right over. Massive brawl starts, pushing, shoving lots of anger and aggression uh, between two division rivals and two players that do not like each other. Um, both were ejected. We, you, th you think we'll see some suspensions? You think we'll see some fines? What do you think the consequences will be for Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore? Yeah, I, I definitely think Mike Evans gets suspended. Um, this is not the first time between those two guys. Uh, they could end up both being suspended, but I'm pretty sure Mike Evans is going to get suspended. He's been suspended before for kind of sucker pushing uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I think he's going to get suspended again for sure. He came out of nowhere, did the same thing, shoved. He really wasn't in the scrum, came out of nowhere, was in the scrum. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore could just because of, again, history between those two. So there might be a game suspension for, for those guys. Uh, I, I do think Mike Evans gets it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 when I saw it, I was like, man, you know, I don't hate what Mike Evans did. Like, I, I really, I don't, I don't hate it. Like it's, it's not exactly. I, I do. You do. I do. Okay. I think it's, I think, it, I think that does not happen if that's not Marshawn Lattimore. And that's, and that's the thing that I think they need to pay attention to because let's be honest, there was some pushing and shoving going on, but that happens in NFL games all the time. Yeah. This is not the first time it's happened. Mike Evans came out of nowhere because it was Marshawn Lattimore to shove him like that because he does not like that man. And and I get it, but um, also like I'm not gonna absolve Tom Brady. Like 
Tom Brady walked back to 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 this man to say something to to get in the scrum, and I, that mm. is it, it, that made it even worse. Like again, I'm not saying he needs to be suspended or anything, but let's be honest, Tom Brady's not one to walk away from something like most quarterbacks are, and you let your offensive lineman or your players protect you. Like Tom Brady walked back in and was talking shit as well. Um, yeah. And and when you said like brawl and stuff, like I don't know if it was a brawl. Yeah, like, I've seen is. brawls. It was a it was a scrum, and it happened to be Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. I think this was probably blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, I don't think Tom Brady needed to be there in the middle of it. I thought that it was between. I think uh, Leonard Fournette was it there at first. Yeah, Leonard like, Leonard Fournette was the one who initially took the who initially got the first blow from uh, from Marshawn right. Marshawn Lattimore hit Leonard Fournette first. Yeah. So I, I again, I, I think that. Tom Brady walking back and getting back in the scrum doesn't need to happen. It doesn't like, and I think when Tom Brady's in there, it makes things blown out of proportion even more. Mm. Mm. I think it's all good. I don't think anything like that happens. I think Tom Brady being in the middle of it caused Mike Evans to look over there. Oh shit. That's my quarterback. Oh shit. That's Marshawn Lattimore. Let me go make a statement and then do it. Mike Evans. So, um, I think it's a little bit extreme. I don't think it's as big as you really need to make it, but I do think that Mike Evans uh, and perhaps Marshawn Lattimore. I think I think a lot. I, I think there is something that has to do with uh, the fact that uh, I don't know if any of this happens if Marshawn Lattimore is not uh, chirping Bruce Arians. I think that's kind of what really initially started it, and then Tom Brady kind of stood like came in there was trying to stand up for his former coach and then but who cares uh, like this is football and people talk shit yeah and it's right yeah i don't don't know that brady was sticking up for his coach i don't know that because brady had there's rumors that brady had a lot to do with bruce arians leave so let's 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 calm down about bruce arians maybe tom brady was sticking. tom brady is a talker tom brady is not afraid tom brady will get at you he is he is a guy that's known to be in people's faces so that's his nature by by heart which I'm okay with. You're the quarterback. You're the greatest player ever. In those situations, you see the quarterbacks walk away. And you see everybody else on the team kind of handle it. And, and Lattimore is known as a trash talker, especially in Tampa Bay. But this is the NFL, man. Everybody on that field is talking trash. Talking about this and, and that. And, and, and I don't know that. I, I'm, I'm of the mindset. Football players are not basketball players. Football players have had to deal with this their entire existence. They don't get to weaponize themselves with pads on and a helmet, and they have to be held to a certain standard. This is not hockey. They don't get to fight. Like, NFL is a brutal sport. They don't get to act like that. They can talk all they want, but at the end of the day, they don't get to fight on the field and, and act like that. And I think that's what bothered me is that who cares if somebody was talking trash? Like, that's part of the playing football. Uh, you have to be able to get in your little scrum, go face-to-face, give each other a couple shoves, and move on. And, and I thought it got out of control. And I did think it got out of control because Tom Brady got, inserted himself in it. And yeah. And by at that time, I do agree. You got to go protect your quarterback. Like that's the man, the myth, the legend. You have to be there to protect him. But uh, I'm not going to absolve Tom Brady from getting involved. I do think he had a little bit to do with making that bigger than what it actually was. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, some other headlines that we've got that we've got to talk about that I that I'm very happy that you put in here. Um, who is who is this gentleman that you noted from the Indianapolis Colts here? DeForest Buckner. Oh, okay, got uh, it, got yeah. it, got it. 
So yeah. De- DeForest Buckner coming out and saying that the shutout loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars said, quote, that shit was embarrassing. Well, guess what, DeForest Buckner? You lost 24 to nothing. I don't care about the headline itself. I don't care about the quote. All I care about is the Jacksonville Jaguars shutting out the Indianapolis Colts 24 to nothing. We can move on. Unless you wanted to talk about something. No, I mean, I, I put that in there just for you. I, nah, you know I did. You're a real hero. I am going to alter your final headline here, though, uh, to to basically talk about how Aaron Rodgers, after the game, after they defeated the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football, uh, Aaron Rodgers came out after the game and was giving so much praise to both of his running backs and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon uh, saying for both of them that they're both just scratching the surface. He talks about how um, how both of them have come such a long way since they first entered the league, which is, I mean, that's, that's like an obvious statement, but I think the fact that, and one the, the reason why this should be a headline is because after the game, it was not talking about like the rookie wide receivers. It wasn't so much talking about all the weapons and things like that. There was so much emphasis from Aaron Rodgers talking about the growth that he has seen from Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And it's really seeming like this is where the Packers offense is going in that direction of this offense runs through Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Maybe it changes throughout the season, but this was this him after the game praising the running backs was, was definitely of note. Uh, What do you think about that? Well, I actually think it's not the first time talked about this, or this is the the way they've ran their offense. If you think back to, I want to say two years ago, three years ago, uh, when when LaFleur first came over, they were a run-first football team. They were a running back. I know Devontae Adams was there, and he did what he always does. At the end of the season, he had great wide receiver. Numbers and the running backs and giving them the ball and finding them in space, and, uh, screens out of the backfield. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers dropping back and throwing the ball 50 times. And I think that is what is important here. I think Green Bay knows they need to get back to that because they don't have the necessary weapons on the outside that um, can go out and win one-on-one matchups consistently like a Devontae Adams. And then I think you sprinkle in, play action, get create, be creative in the passing game uh, scheme to develop open receivers instead of having to ask these young guys to go win one-on-one matchups consistently. So um, this is not something that is unfamiliar with Green Bay. I think they've done this before. And I think after last year, they are just realizing they need to get back to it, um, especially with Devontae Adams now in his yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I was truly impressed the last night by those running backs. Though. I mean, that was just, it seemed, it seemed like the running backs for the Packers were just dominant. Every well, the best players got. on the field, like you, it's okay to have your running back be your best player. Like we have got, to, we, we, we talk about these. We love the wide receivers. We love Cooper cup. We love Justin Jefferson. Monte Adams. We forget how important a running game is. And, and because we get enamored with the quarterback play, and we forget about the running back play. And I'm telling you right now, you look at the running backs, when a running back is successful, how often is their team That will tell you everything you need to know. I think I think we saw it in the Chiefs-Chargers game too. We saw running back success, and then they were able to, to win that game. And that's that was huge. Um, that does, though, for morning headlines. Let's get in to our Week 2 injury report.
Gotta love that drop. Week two injury report, as you know, it gets longer and longer each week, but these are some of the notable injuries that took place um, yesterday. Uh, the biggest, obviously, the 49ers, Trey Lance. Oh, poor Trey Lance. Um, this is what happens, though, and, and I don't want to get into the whole running quarterback thing, but this is what happens when you have a quarterback that you rely on to, to run the football. Um, sometimes unfortunate things happen for everybody that's questioning whether he should have been running the football or not go sit down somewhere because we're not saying that about Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray when they don't get it. So um, this is an unfortunate circumstance. Broke his ankle. It's happened to Dak Prescott. It's happened to other quarterbacks. Um, the only thing you, you can look at now is for the 49ers. Good thing they kept Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that game a little bit later. But Trey Lance is out for the season. Ankle injury, broken ankle, will require surgery. Tough, tough for, uh, for him there. James Conner, also an ankle injury and did not return. Um, the Cardinals were able to come back without James Conner. I do think this is going to have an impact going forward with that running game. But um, for now, uh, depending, we don't know the severity of it, but right now it's an ankle injury. He was not able to return. But I did see him after the game, jumping up and down and like celebrating with the team after they won. So I, I think he's going to be okay. I don't think it's anything long-term, but uh, uh, something to monitor there. Dalton Schultz injured his knee. Um, that could be big for the Dallas Cowboys. He's one of their few weapons that have been consistent, but there is no concern of an ACL injury. I think he just kind of landed on it um, going down to the ground. So it might be just like a bruise or something, but uh, we'll get more word for that later this week. But Dalton Schultz with the knee injury was uh, unable to return for Dallas late in that game. Jerry Judy and Pat Sertan both suffered shoulder injuries and did not return for the Denver Broncos. Um, I think that's going to be something we need to monitor. Those two big pieces for that Broncos Team and we know, we know the Broncos haven't looked too good through week, two Dude. weeks. So hey. um, mm. we're going to talk about it, and uh, th those two losses could, um, could could be hurt, hurtful for them. Could could hurt them going forward. Troy Hill uh, injured his groin against the Falcons. Um, that could be a big loss for the Rams, who again didn't look their best. Uh, they looked good early, let them come back, and um, Troy Hill injured his groin against the Falcons. So he he might be out for a while. The Giants, Leonard Williams suffered a knee injury against the Panthers. That's big for them. He's one of their anchors on that defensive line. Um, I'm sure they'll be hoping that it's nothing serious there. Jadavian Clowney left with an ankle injury. He made a big play in that game, forced a fumble. Um, but he left with an ankle injury as well, and he did not return. So that could be part of that Cleveland bookend pass rush. Uh, might be missing some time there. And then Tampa Bay, more injuries for the Buccaneers. Akeem Hicks, Gio Bernard, and Josh Wells all left and did not return for the Bucs. Team Hicks was a foot, Gio Bernard was an ankle injury, and Josh Wells was a calf injury. Um, their injuries are starting to pile up here early in the season. Something you want to keep an eye on there. Uh, how much are they going to be able to withstand? They were able to get the win yesterday, but um, how much are they going to be able to take? And is it going to test the depth of that Buccaneers uh, team? Which we said, especially on defense, like they're, they had a great starting 22. But when you start to get into that depth, we question how good that, that those depth pieces are. So that could be big for the Seems like the only seems like the biggest depth comes for the for the Bucks when it comes to the wide receiver position, and even that position, everybody got hurt. Everybody either got hurt or was ejected in that game. That's kind of hey, how, but um, Rashard Perriman stand up. Hey, didn't you you took him in fan in DFS this past week? Didn't yeah, you? my DFS team was dead when Trey Lance broke his ankle, but that's it true. didn't matter. But I did that's, take Rashard Perriman. I thought I was like Tom Brady will hit him for a touchdown. I believe I said that, and he did, and I I, I was happy. 
Yeah, and if and if we're going to go down that route, I don't know what the DFS is at. I think I think I had a better week this week, but you and I are in an absolute nail biter. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm out. Maybe, maybe no, you need I'm out. You need about forty points from Adam Thielen and Zach Moss. Forty points. From oh, you talking about our you talking about our matchup? Our, our matchup. You yeah, and I's yeah. matchup in the sack league. Yeah, Justin Miller. Fields was a letdown yesterday. They didn't give him that touchdown at the end. That hurt big time. Yeah. I had, um, I had Paris Campbell on my team, so yeah, that was well, the thing. Yeah, you wanted that, to compare that, Paris Campbell to, to Christian McCaffrey. By the way, how did Christian McCaffrey was, finish? That was not what I was doing. Christian that McCaffrey's floor is like RB one category. Like that's not, so crazy, isn't it? That wasn't even what I was talking about. But I did. Oh, but you threw, uh, did you not? Wait, wait. Did you not throw Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley in my face? And both of them, I did. Still had productive days. And I after ate shit for it. I ended up yeah. eating shit for it after talking shit. That's what I get because I suck at everything. I bet I did. <laughs> I bet I also didn't get any predictions right. Although I did predict the Jaguars to win, so that you, I will. Take. You got. You actually got a lot of predictions. Oh, did I really? Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm happy to be. I'm. I'm happy that 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 ended up working out that way. Um, but yeah, that does it for injury report. That does it for our morning headlines. We're now going to kind of give a little deep dive into our week two. Uh, basically what happened in week two talk about what we learned talk about the top performers and um really dive into what happened um and let's start the sir actually right there with the top performers of week two a headline by tua amon ross st brown i had to throw joe flacco in there for for the comeback victory yeah i did i had to throw joe flacco in there for the come from behind victory against the cleveland browns doing what he did and shout out aaron jones for dominating on sunday night football um what what what? No, no, I don't have any problem with, with those Good. guys. Those are all those guys all perform well. Monterey St. Brown, dude. Unreal. Um, and what that Lions offense is unreal. I are we can we put a top performer in a losing effort? I feel like no, we always would. put top performers and they're always the winning team. You want to talk Lamar? Uh, yeah, I, I think that needs to be talked about. I think yeah. Lamar Jackson played out of his mind. And don't get me wrong, does Tua deserve to be up there? Yes. You know, I, I've been a big advocate of Tua this year. I Told you guys, I thought Tua, that Dolphins offense, first of all, like I said, it's something special. I can't wait to talk that game. But I think Lamar Jackson needs to be recognized here. Give that man his money. That He played out of his mind. He played well, and he did. He scored 38 points. Not his fault the defense couldn't stop it. I mean, yeah, they let him come back. And um, I just think Lamar Jackson was one of yesterday's top performers, and we will overlook it because he lost the game. And, and so I would just like a, a caveat or a asterisk next something put up there like Lamar should be here. Yeah, That's no, I, I, I have no problem with that. I do think Lamar had an incredible game. I thought that, I mean, it, like you said, it, it, although it was a losing effort, he did play out of this, out of his mind. Um, and he was not, he obviously was not the reason that the Baltimore lost that game. I mean, and that's kind of where I wanted to start though, is in that game and, and not necessarily talking about the entire game because we are going to have that recap coming up in a little bit and on our YouTube pages. Um, I want to take this time to give credit where credit is due to Tua Tagovailoa in this game and what he did uh what it was absolutely it was incredible what he did and that seems like a generic term but it was absolutely incredible his his performing his, his performance against the Baltimore Ravens throwing six touchdowns i was 
I don't I don't want to say I was out on Tua in the offseason, but I had my doubts and I, I had my concerns. And I questioned him a lot. I didn't know if he could do it. I said I wanted to see it. And all throughout this week, we talked about this game being the prove-it game for the Miami Dolphins. And th- this defense that he was going up against is not some joke defense. They got Marcus Peters back. We talked about that in our fantasy show. They, this defense is fully healthy. This defense had their dudes. And Tua Tungavello and that offense put up points. They put up numbers, six touchdowns for Tua. It was impressive. And uh, I want to give uh, that – I'm sure he's getting a lot of credit on the media today, but – I mean, he's slowly creeping up into that category where we're going to have to start talking about him with, I mean, not not the category of Mahomes and Allen and those guys, but like we're going to have to start talking about Tua and Joe Burrow, and like that that type of category. Did you just like walk around or what? Yeah, I just took my victory lap. So, oh, good um, for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I just wanted – I did that because I, I just wanted to say – I, I should have clipped it. But I, I think it was either the season preview or right before the season we started talking. I said this offense could be the most dangerous, like one of the most dangerous offenses in the NFL, like right up there with Buffalo and with Kansas City. And after watching yesterday, I'm sold. It didn't, like, it could happen. We've Joe Flacco came back and threw four touchdowns. It wasn't even about that. It's about the two weapons on the outside that they have in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the ability that Tua and Mike McDaniel have to just get them the football. They had, I believe between them, they had like 30-something targets. Like, it was it was 30-plus targets. They both had like 11 catches, both over 170 yards. Both of them had two touchdowns, and they were not just regular, like, play. these were explosive plays. You're letting Tyreek Hill get beat deep because, or get behind you because you're worried about what Jalen Waddle's going to do. We watched Jalen Waddle catch a screen pass and go in from five yards out because you're worried about Tyreek Hill on a fake jet sweep. The, the announcers were talking about it, what they can do offensively. And I'm not even mentioning the fact that their running backs are not great running backs, but they are extremely fast in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And so they use this speed to set up their offense. And it, I'm telling you right now, this offense is a very, very dangerous offense. And because they have playmakers on defense, defense isn't great, uh, but they have, a, they have a good secondary. They are going to be able to make plays and that team is going to be dangerous. I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl, but I do not want to play the Dolphins. I no. don't want to see that. You know, you know, honestly, something that I and, – and we talked about it last week a lot. We were talking about coaching and bad coaching decisions, and I still saw a lot of that. And I saw a lot of young head coaches make a lot of just interesting calls, and I know maybe some of them aren't making these calls specifically, but – I'm seeing a lot of these young coaches just outsmarting themselves, like outthinking themselves and overthinking themselves and just doing too much. And you brought it up right, right there. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, those are the two guys, the two dogs on this offense that, that that you know that you can rely on them. And you don't have to overthink anything. Just give them the ball. Give your best players the ball when it matters the most. The Dolphins needed to come back. What do they do? They put it into his hands. They let their big guns win this win this game for him. They were not outsmarting. They, they were not trying to overthink things. They were not trying to do too much. They just let their guys be their guys. And I think that goes a long way in early on in the season when we're seeing a lot of young coaches make young mistakes Mike McDaniels is not making those mistakes right now. His offense is firing on all cylinders right now, and they look truly special 
uh, especially after this win against the Baltimore Ravens, who we have, I mean, we both had the Ravens very high uh, in our power rankings. Um, Miami is really, we might see them. Do shoot, I, wait, wait. Uh, Did I not move up Miami? At how many spots after beating New England? You, because I you, saw something. Honestly, I don't, I don't know where we're going to have them on Wednesday, but you guys obviously can check that out Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on our YouTube page. When we drop our week two power or week three power rankings. Um, but if it's up to me, I, I think I'm putting Miami at three or at, oh. at, at right, right. There. Cause I think, cause I mean, if you look at it, we had Buffalo, they're not passing Buffalo chiefs, not passing the chiefs. They just beat Baltimore. Who was number three last week. Then in front of them is the bucks and the Packers. I think we're in front of them. And no. I, the buck. Okay. The bucks and the saints. And after what, what the bucks and the saints did on Sunday, and and they beat the Ravens. Like there's no, I don't, I don't know how we're not going to have the Miami Dolphins at number three on Wednesday. But again, you're going to have to tune in to find out on Wednesday live at 10 a.m. Eastern time for our power rankings show. Um, let's move into some, let's move into some winners and losers here. And I'm winners. We just talked very good about some teams and some players. Aaron, how about some losers from week two? Yeah, there's two that come to mind um, right away. I mean, there's a lot of losers, obviously. Sixteen teams won't lose this week, but yeah, uh, two yeah, that yeah. come to mind right away, and I'll say it: um, the Cincinnati Bengals starting zero and two. Go look at the numbers. Good luck making the playoffs. That's all I'm gonna say. Starting zero and two. Go look at the numbers. It's it's not easy to make the playoffs. That offensive line is dude. Atrocious. I can't believe this. I I <laughs> cannot believe how how bad this, like it's like we like. It's almost like beating a dead horse right here. And the dead horse might be Joe Burrow at the end of the season. Like it, it, it seriously is like one, it, you, you, like the numbers are out there. Everyone knows it, that this offensive line and Joe Burrow has been sacked so many times. It's not even funny, but in this off season, we were talking about how the bill or the Bengals went out, recognized their need said, okay, let's go out and fix this and protect our franchise quarterback. And they seem like they got worse. And I get it. The, the, the Cowboys have a great pass rush. And last week they played the, the Steelers and they have a great pass rush and they played close games. But if you're, if you're trying to be the team that you are saying you're going to be, and the fans are going to, are saying you are, you can't have that. And th- against, uh, I can't, I'm just, it was, you will not win a Super Bowl with that offensive line. And that, it, 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 it's last year where you play your offensive line played great in the Super Bowl for a half and you were right there you're winning the game and in the second half what happened Von Miller Aaron Donald you lost Kansas City went to a Super Bowl offensive line could not hold up you lost I'm not saying that the Bengals can't have success but back to back games to start a season in which you I'm not even mentioning the time Joe Burrow is getting hit or under pressure to where he has to throw the ball on the ground or run out, throw it away. Like those are not even accounted for in the stat book. And yet we're seeing it week after week now. And we're seeing it play after play. It's, it's bad. Like that offensive line is not good. Lyle Collins was, was pretty good with Dallas. Could not carry Micah Parsons jockstrap last night. Like yesterday, Micah Parsons did whatever he wanted to do. And I get it. He's great, but it wasn't just Micah Parsons. It was guys that we, we don't even talk about on the Cowboys defensive line. Cincinnati has a real issue there. And then number two, in that same breath, you let a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush 
go and beat you, and you're supposed to be the defending AFC champions? Like, I'm sorry. I know it wasn't spectacular by the Dallas Cowboys offense, but that first half, they went down, they scored a touchdown. They went down, they scored a touchdown. They get a field goal. It's 17-3 to at halftime against a backup quarterback. Your defense has to be better. Has to be better. And, and, and I just, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm happy. But there's no reason, and I said this, there is no reason the Dallas Cowboys should have won that game. They had no business beating the Cincinnati Bengals. And this tells me all that I needed to know about the Bengals. Last year was a fluky late season run. I'm not saying they weren't good, but it is not something that they will sustain because they do not have the net requisite pieces to sustain what they did last season. They just don't. You get no, you get no argument for me. I, I think, I mean, we, we've talked about it. We've been, uh, on this show, we've gotten a lot of criticism from Bengals fans about how we discredit their offense or their defense. And you, you just did what Cooper rush just did what he did. And that Dallas Cowboys offense just did what they did. And I mean, it wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't like a incredible game, but if you're trying to be exactly where you were last year, you, you like that, that can't happen. Like you don't, you don't get that luxury of saying it happens like this, the NFL, like this and the, like, those they didn't win teams, the like, Super Bowl. They didn't win the Super Bowl. That's you're the not seeing you're not seeing top dog teams do allow that to defenses. Okay, you're not seeing that happen. Like Baltimore, like they have a great defense. They have a great team. They allowed they allowed a ton of stuff to Tua and that Miami Dolphins high powered. Like they don't they don't allow that to, well, to like. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that because the Rams gave up a lot to Atlanta. Well, um, we we're gonna. We've seen, gonna talk, but, we're but, talking about the. I don't think. But I don't but think listen, the Rams are where finish. they need to be either. But let me. It doesn't matter. The Rams won the Super Bowl. They get the pass when Kansas City wins the Super Bowl and they struggle early last year. Who gave? I gave them a pass all because when you win a Super Bowl, you have proven you can reach the mountaintop and overcome whatever you need to overcome. The problem is the Bengals and their fans mainly. I don't think this is the actual Bengals players or. But the Bengals fans talk and act as if they won the Super Bowl. Like they just automatically get to go back. It's the Tennessee Titans fans. We we were the AFC, you know, number one seed. We get to go. Like, no, you didn't prove you won the Super Bowl. You didn't prove that you deserve a pass on certain things. And so when you see the things that plagued them in the Super Bowl that I ideally cost them the game in a offensive line not being able to block, we're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And I said this in the offseason about a lot of teams. Just because you add personnel doesn't translate to success. So Lyle Collins, uh, Ted Karras, and all these guys that they go and get, that's great. Those were guys fit somewhere else. They were good somewhere else. They fit together. But now you got to put them all together and have them fit on your squad. And it doesn't seem to be working so far. So they don't get a pass. And, and the only reason they don't get a pass is because they didn't win last year. If they had won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be talking about the Bengals' offensive line. I would be like, oh, they'll figure it out because they've shown me that they can overcome it. But right now, they haven't shown me that. So they get zero passes. The only team that gets a pass right now are teams that have done it before. Tampa Bay, with the injuries, they can look like shit all season. And I'm going to still be like, ah, that's Tampa Bay. Kansas City, the Rams, the teams that have won it recently that I know are going to be there in the end, they get passes. Not the Cincinnati Bengals for making one trip to the Super Bowl and losing. 
Sorry, Bengals fans. Uh, let's transition here to. Uh, I know we talked yeah, about Tua. We talked. We talked about the Dolphins and what. Definitely, we're going to talk plenty more. But yep, yep. Uh, give me your biggest winner though from from week two. Uh, other than what we've talked about before, who is maybe an under the radar winner or just a? Can I just can I just name every team that was zero and one that won week two is my winner. The Jets, the Jags, the Cowboys, the Lions, uh, Arizona, every team that was 0-1 that went out and found a way by hook or by crook, by stole the game, won the game, came back, whoever won in week two that was 0-1, they they saved themselves their season. I truly believe that. Listen listen to this, and I don't think any of us would have predicted this, but the 0-2 teams – Carolina and Atlanta, understandable. Like, we, those are not as surprising. Indianapolis, Tennessee, the Raiders. Wait, wait, wait. How do you say Tennessee's 0-2 before tonight? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's let's be real. we got to be honest for ourselves. Titans fans are going to hate you. That's fine. Titans fans already hate me. I predicted them 6-11. and 11. I, I had them as the worst record uh, out of all four of us. Out of all four of us, I'm the one who had them at 6-11. and 11. And right oh now, God. after they start 0-2 and, and the Bills fo- absolutely just mess them up tonight, they're going to be 0-2 and, and looking at the rest of their schedule and be like, shit, I don't think I can beat the rest of these teams that are on this schedule. Maybe Vinny was right. 6-11 and 11 might be in our future. Maybe we got to start thinking about putting in Malik Willis or doing something to start moving towards the future because the present is not going to be where the present, where we want the present to be. But I digress. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just funny to me though, the, the teams that are like, that are winless, I should say the Titans, the Bengals, the Colts, the broad, the, the Raiders, like these are teams that we all had high hopes for and they're starting season. zero and two, but it's not, it's not so much like, it's not so what you were talking about more. The fact that these teams are already have wins that matters more than the teams that don't have wins because it's a long season. These, these Owen two teams could easily go to 10 and six or, to, or 10 and seven, 11. No, look at the numbers. Go look at numbers on Owen two teams making the playoffs. You're the, you got the CBS stats. Go look at the numbers about how uh, teams that are Owen two since the year 2000 or whatever it was. How many of those teams actually make the playoffs? Well, I will I get with, I'll get with my research team and we'll figure that one out. We'll, we'll, I, we'll figure I, that there, out. And there are some teams that I'm not as concerned about. Um, like, I'm going to be honest, the Raiders, um, I'm okay with the Raiders not, not having a win yet. So, yeah, there are some teams, and I get it. They played, they played the Chargers, the division game loss, and then a tough comeback loss to Arizona, which Arizona is kind of this up-and-down team. But teams that are losing to bad teams, that's the problem that I have. Uh, so so since the merger in 1970, there have been 400 teams to start the NFL season with a record of 0-2. Uh, and then of those 400 teams, only 38 of them have reached the playoffs. So that's 9.5%, basically 9% of the teams that start 0 and 2 do not make the playoffs or make the playoffs. No, make the playoffs. So 9%, yeah. they have a 9% chance to make the playoffs and that's going all the way back to 1970 whatever. And uh, the last I, the last team to do it was 2018 
when both the Texans started 0-2 and the Seahawks started 0-2, they both made the playoffs and lost in the wild card round. Both of them. So Yeah. 0-2 is not a good start. 0-2 is a uh, – it kind of defines what – like one week you're like, ah, oh, okay. The second week you're like, hmm. Like I thought the Patriots win was big. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, every team that was 0-1 that came back and found a way to win in week two, I thought was a big time. I agree. I agree. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about uh, within the um, week two realm before we move on to our... Okay. All right. Let's get into these games. Uh, so I do want to tell everybody, and this is how we're going to do this from now on. Um, for our audio listeners, that's it. The show's over. Like we're done. There's no, there's no audio after this. If you want to check out our game by game recaps, please head on over to our YouTube page at the Sac City Pod to um, to hear all of our game recaps. They're great, and you really you shouldn't want to miss them. For our YouTube subscribers and the people who are watching us on YouTube, we will be continuing this. We're going to go game by game by game, recapping all the action, what happened in Week Two, and uh, dive really dive into these games and talk some shit about the Bengals. Um, so please stick around. Uh, you don't want to miss it. But for our audio listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. Well, for you audio listeners, I don't know what time AJ gets these episodes out. So I don't know. Either way, you'll hear us again tomorrow um, talking Monday Night Football. Until then, see ya. But hey, here on YouTube, game by game by game by game by game recaps we enjoyed it hope you guys enjoy it as well uh we appreciate everyone for tuning in we'll be back again tomorrow for a monday night football recap episode as well as a fantasy football episode talking about some waivers talking about some uh what happened in week two and looking ahead uh so much uh so much coming up for the sac city podcast you're not going to want to miss a single second ride the wave baby right saddle up and ride the wave we'll have we'll have more talk about that tomorrow live at 10 a.m eastern time until then for my best friend aaron mukes i am me we will see you tomorrow Good morning, Sac City. Thanks for following wherever you download your podcast. You want to see what this city has to offer? Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best NFL content on the interwebs. Sac City, baby!